Last night I started the sermon by, uh, after the music was over at the offertory, just sitting there for 37 seconds. You have no idea how long 37 seconds can, can feel until you have silence. While people are looking at you going, is he asleep? Is he dead? Is he senile? And, and they just went from there. And then standing up after that 37 seconds of very awkward silence and saying, let's talk about patience. Webster describes patience or forbearing as the state of endurance under difficult circumstances. Persevering in the face of delay or provocation without acting on annoyance or anger in a negative way. Patience is the level of endurance one can take before negativity. Patience also refers to the character trait of being steadfast. Patience is a lot like tolerance, another misunderstood word. We think that people are patient when they never lose their temper. We think people are tolerant when they can handle anything that anybody believes and it doesn't bother them at all. But that's not what tolerance is. Tolerance is not believing that he's right and she's right and they're right or everybody in their own way is right. That's not what tolerance is. Tolerance is believing there is a right and a wrong. And people who believe in different things need to be treated with civility and grace and respect. That's tolerance. It's not being tolerant when you agree that every position is okay. It's not being patient when it doesn't bother you to wait. Patience has the same tension as tolerance. It's waiting when we want to be somewhere else. Patience is not what happens when my wife is running late and I'm watching the last two minutes of the football game. It doesn't bother me at that point. It's an act of God's goodness and grace. (laughs) That's not patience. Patience comes out in different ways in our lives, though, doesn't it? Supervisor, manager owner are walking to lunch. They find, uh, of course, uh, an old antique oil lamp. They rub it and a genie comes out. The genie says, I'll give each of you just one wish. And the supervisor jumps to the front of the line and says, me first, me first, me first. I get to go first. I, I want to go to the Bahamas and be in a huge yacht and have lovely girls waving palm branches in my face. I want that right now. And he's gone. He disappears. Seeing that, the supervisor jumps in front of the owner and says, okay, okay, my turn, my turn, my turn. I want, I want Hawaii. Yeah, Hawaii on a beach. Lots of pina coladas. I want a masseur who is just, he looks like Antonio Banderas. I want everything to be perfect for me, disappears. The genie turns to the owner and says, okay, you've you've been patient while they were impatient. What what would you like? And the owner says, I I want those two back in the office right after lunch. (laughs) 
Sometimes, sometimes we see the rewards of patience, don't we? We marvel sometimes at patience. I, I, I see it around me all the time in moms. Moms have patience beyond belief. Or, or in someone who is taking care of a, a handicapped person in public and does not seem embarrassed or agitated, but just loves them. This week I saw patients fleshed out in front of me. I did a couple of weddings, the second down at Westminster. And uh, at the end of the wedding, uh, the groom was a Catholic, and uh, so they had asked to have communion. And uh, because of the numbers we just had, the the family uh, received the communion uh, as the first act of this couple's new marriage. And uh, the the father uh, of the bride had died. Mike Moore, some of you know, know Mike. And uh, so his, uh, Michelle's grandfather walks Michelle down the aisle. Andre is in his mid to late 80s, a classy gentleman, walks him in. And, and when we talked about communion, we we're going to have the parents and the grandparents come up and take communion. And uh, I said, Andre, please uh, come up. And, and, um, and Yvette, I, I'm not, uh, Andre's wife is a lovely woman, but she is deep in dementia. It was, a, it was just a miracle that she was there at all. And um, uh, so he said, no, no, I'll just leave her there. She'll get upset if, if she doesn't know what to do. And so the communion time came, and the parents got up, and the grandparents got up. Andre came up, and of course his wife immediately got up and started to follow him. And came up, and the, the priest put the host in her hand, and she didn't know what to do. And Andre just put her fingers around the host. And I raised the host to her mouth. And she chewed. And then he offered his arm like they were courting and walked her back to her seat. Well, the service was terrific. I, I, I know this sounds weird, but uh, Michelle looks like a model. She's a beautiful, beautiful young lady. And this guy really is from Argentina and really does look like Antonio Banderas on a good day. <laughs> I was more than a little jealous. But they get done with the service and they go, they go out and the family gathers in a room just uh, inside the church while the guests are all waiting on the steps. And I look over and the pictures t- are being taken of the bride and groom and I get a little tug on my robe and uh, Andre's wife uh, turns uh, uh, to me and says, that's my guy. And points to, and points to Andre. And I thought, That's what it's supposed to look like. To love someone that way and to be patient with them all the time, even when their mind is gone. Patience is more than an intellectual exercise because patience also includes being cut off on the road and pulling out a gun and shooting at the other person. We call it road rage. Patience also includes people being killed, literally being killed, running in and out of stadiums or concerts because they cannot wait their turn. Patience includes seeing parents hitting their children in stores. Patience includes hearing things that you know that they love each other, but that they would say that to each other. You just, that's the opposite of patience, it's im. Patience. How many of you, um, how many of you feel like, as we talk about the spiritual fruit that God offers us, how many of you feel like you could use a little more of the fruit of patience? 
Just, just raise your hands. How many could use a little more of the How many of you are sitting next to someone who could use a little more of the fruit? <laughs> um, this is not an intellectual exercise, is it? Yeah. How many of you can think of the last time that you lost your patience? How many of you have that time less than 24 hours in the background? I'm standing in the line at Lund's working on this sermon going, Would she just hurry up? <laughs> I, uh, uh, this is not something that is ancillary to our lives as believers. Patience is a core to who we are and what God is doing in us. I've asked seven of my friends uh, to help describe God's view of patience. Beginning with the book of Romans. Will you show contempt for the riches of God's kindness, forbearance, and patience? Don't you realize that God's patience is intended to lead you to repentance? Isaiah seven thirteen. Then Isaiah said, Listen, house of David, It is not enough to try the patience of human beings. Is it not enough to try the patience of human beings? Will you try the patience of my God also? So God models patience. It's in the character of God to be patient. Not to sit there twiddling his thumbs, waiting for the movie to be over, but to wait patiently. God's timing is not the same as our timing. A thousand years or a night quickly gone for the Lord. But God waits. God waits not passively, but leading us toward a peculiar destination, leading us toward repentance, toward joy, toward wisdom, toward growth. It only happens with patience as God leads us toward the destination. But you and I, we're like the slowest kids in class. We need more time. We're like special needs people who just keep going the wrong way. We're like the kid in the back seat saying, are we there yet to the person with the map in the front? And you can still see your house in the rearview mirror. (laughs) We need that practically applied. Proverbs 19.11 A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Through patience, a ruler can be persuaded, and a gentle tongue can break a bone. Ecclesiastic 7.8. The end of a matter is better than its beginning, and patience is better than pride. I love that. Patience is better than pride. Maybe you'll identify with this. A man's car stalls in heavy traffic just as the light is turning green. All of his frantic efforts to get the car started seem to make things worse. It doesn't work at all. And the chorus of honking horns behind him just seems to make things worse. Finally, he gets out of the car and walks back to the first driver behind him and says, Look, I'm I'm really sorry. I I can't seem to get my car started. Uh, If you'll go up there and give it a try, I'll stay here and honk your horn, okay? (laughs) Patience is better than pride. The early church learned that. The early church learned patience 
not because things were good, but because things were bad. The early church is persecuted fiercely by the empire. The early church has no power, the empire has all the power, and they kill them mercilessly. But the Christians do not break. They develop a faith so patient that it outlasts the Roman Empire. We hear it described in Paul's letter to the Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 6.6 Servants of God show purity, understanding, patience, and kindness in the Holy Spirit and sincere love. Colossians 1.11 Be strengthened with all power according to God's glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. Colossians 3.12 Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Whenever I am given the chance to pick the scriptures for a a marriage, that's the one I pick. Colossians 3. I I love that 1 Corinthians 13, love is paid, blah, 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 blah. But everybody knows that one, right? This says, therefore, as God's chosen people. You are God's chosen people. He has chosen you. He's sought you. He's brought you in. You are dearly beloved. And he wants to give you the clothing of people who belong to the king, which includes patience. That passage that Paul describes love in 1 Corinthians starts with something you might remember. He he says love is patient. That's the foundation of love from God, patience. Joyce Meyer says this, Patience is the one fruit of the Spirit that grows only under trial. It's useless to pray for patience. You won't get patience. Well, you can pray for patience, but what you'll get is trials. Because trials is how patience grows. She says, patience is not the ability to wait. Patience is not the ability to wait, but the ability to keep a good attitude while you wait when you don't want to wait. That's biblical patience. Okay, I'm, I'm convinced. I want it. How do I get it? How do I get it right now? I'm not very patient. We have said all through this series that one of the aspects of the fruit of the Spirit is that it is a gift from God. It is not something you conjure up by trying harder, reading more, concentrating harder in your head. It is a gift from God. The illustration that Dan used this morning with the kids is perfect. We, at most, plant the seeds. God, help me. We water the ground by reading God's word, spending time with other people, serving. We pull out the weeds. When we see something going wrong, we realize something's gone wrong. But that's what we do. God is the one who grows us. So, patience. Let me just offer you a couple of things that you might do to cultivate the fruit of patience. And the first one will sound churchy, but I can't help it. I believe that to be patient, you need to pray for patience in specific situations before they arise. Pray specifically before. The clearest case of this being fruit 
is that patience is something that's rarely achieved in the moment. I don't all of a sudden in the moment get patience. But it's a need that I have recognized that I have in this setting. I've prepared for it a little by thinking of how it might go. And I've prayed that God might be there. Please, God, show up. Otherwise, I'm going to kill her. And then, patience for me is just doing a little better than I would have done by myself. One of the clues for me that I need to pray is before I lose my patience, there are often warning signs. Do you have these warning signs? Do you physically start to become impatient? Do you twitch? Do you pat? Do you tap your feet? Do you sigh? (sighs) Physical signs. The battle may be getting away from you. In my family, we have a person who loses patience by sulking. And we have another person who loses her patience by blowing up. (laughs) Different triggers. How about you? Are you among those who, when patience is being frayed, you don't blow up or sulk, you become the self-righteous martyr who is always waiting? Or for you... Do you notice that patience is getting away from you because your tongue, which can say nice things on occasion, all of a sudden is saying things that you go, oh, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, that felt good. Do it again. No. Or, or for some of you, some of you not having prayed, not having thought about when you lose your patience, it is not that last little cup that the poor, hapless husband left in the wrong place. It's the 14 things that he forgot to do before that. And so we've lost our patience. The first thing we need to do is to pray that God will show us those settings where we are vulnerable and pray specifically beforehand for the fruit of patience. The other thing that I'd I'd say about patience is that uh, it ties into what we talked about last week. How much of my impatience is because of control rather than self-control. Remember I talked this about the fruit of patience and self-control? I think we lose patience when we want to be in control. Self-control is having enough control of myself to submit to God. That's what self-control is. Me control is the way I like to run my life and when I run my life, when I am in control, I am impatient with anything that gets in my way. God is in control, not me. God is in control, not them. God is in control, not them. Things happen, but God has a different idea. Have you heard that before? Things happen, but God has a different idea. Moses waits in the wilderness for 40 years, but God brought him to the promised land. David waited 14 years after the death of crazy King Saul because he didn't want civil war. But God was there. Joseph went from a dysfunctional family to slavery to jail before Pharaoh raises him up. But God had a different time to him. Sarah and Rebecca and Hannah Well, they waited decades for kids. Think they were patient? They waited decades for children infertile. While all around them, women are popping children out like Pez dispensers and looking at them like there's something wrong with them. 
but God. We talk about, uh, there's one biblical character that we talk about having incredible patience. She has the patience of Job, right, the patience of Job. Would anybody like to have the life of Job to get the patience of Job? But God, but God. So we pray for patience in advance that God will give us the fruit. We look to examine our lives to say, how much of my impatience is because I need to be in control, but God. And can I just give you a one for the advanced class? Uh, for those of you who are you know, a little further down the road, when you start to get impatient, the spiritual exercise that helps the most is to pray for them. Oh, please. The jerk just cut me off for the third time in the same conversation. Pray for them. Pray for them. That's advanced spiritual warfare in patience. If you really are in the advanced class, then you know that the biggest thing that you can do to increase your patience is to ask for forgiveness of the other person. To ask for help from the other person with your lack of patience. Not to change them but for God to change you, help me. Now that can easily become manipulative. That's why it's in the advanced section. But let me, let me just bring this home. Um, I, I'm going to close with this because Laura did not give me permission to use this illustration. Laura told me to use this illustration. <laughs> Um, I have a, a very gifted wife. She gets up between 5 and 5.30 every morning. She has a checklist. She, she sings as she checks things off. It makes me sick. She gets more done before noon than I do in an entire week. She is a, a gifted, strong person. When you look at the spiritual fruit of patience, one of us may have more of it in our house. It's not Laura. Laura in a car is a dangerous thing because she's got 14 things to do. I say this because my wife, Laura, has worked far harder on patience than I ever, ever have. She has prayed about it, confessed it, gone to others, asked help for it. She's a more patient person than she was when we married. Hard as that is to believe. No, no, I... She is a more patient person and has worked on it far harder than I do. I wanted to say that because you need to hear that when you look at the fruit of the Spirit, you cannot judge by what you see. You saw somebody in our family who nothing seems to bother him. It's because his wife says he has no pulse. <laughs> and somebody who flies off the handle all the time. The person who's being used by God most in our family is not standing in front of you right now. Listen to this. C.S. Lewis writes, If you have sound nerves, intelligence, health, and popularity, a good upbringing, you're likely to be quite satisfied with your character just as it is. Why drag God into it? A certain level of good conduct comes fairly easy to you. You're not one of those wretched creatures always getting tripped up by sex or huge anger or nervousness or fear of poverty or a bad temper. Everybody says you're a good person, and frankly, you agree. You're likely to believe that all this niceness is yours. Often people who have natural kinds of goodness cannot be brought to recognize their need for Christ. 
In other words, it's hard for those of us who are rich to get into the kingdom of heaven. It's very different for the nasty people, those little, low, timid, warped, thin-skinned, thin-blooded, lonely people, or the, or the passionate, sensual, unbalanced people, all of us at some point. If they make any attempt at goodness at all, they know they need help. It's Christ or nothing. Take up the cross and follow or despair. They're the lost sheep. He came for them. In one very real and terrible sense, they are the poor. That Jesus says, blessed are the poor. There's either a warning or an encouragement here for every one of us. If you're a nice person, if a certain virtue or spiritual fruit comes easy to you, beware. Much is expected of those that much is given. If you mistake for your own merits what are really just God's gifts, if you're content just with being nice, maybe even Minnesota nice, you're still a rebel. The devil was an archangel once with natural gifts as far above yours as yours are above a monkey. But if you're a poor creature, poisoned by a tough upbringing in a house filled with jealousy and senseless quarrels, saddled by no choice of your own with terrible habits that you have to break, nagged every day by a personality that makes you snap at others, don't despair. God knows. God knows. You're one of the poor that he blesses. God knows with a wretched machine you're trying to drive up the road. Keep on. Do what you can. One day, perhaps in another world, but maybe far sooner than that, more, God will fling that machine on the scrap heap and give you a new one. And then you, you, the impatient, bad-tempered one, you may astonish it all. Not least astonishing yourself. For you've learned your driving in a hard school. For the last will be first, and the first will be last, and all will be loved. Lord Jesus, thank you very much that this talk about the fruit of the Spirit means that we can change, we can grow. And some of us have seen fruit start to bloom regardless of the soil. God, your Spirit is there for us loving us, giving us courage, showing us an image of our future that we can only dream of. That's the way you already look at us. Let us wait in patience for your Spirit's work. And all God's children said,